beside you for a moment just make a God connection between you and Jesus lift up your hands with surrender say I surrender all I let go of all I turn aside from all I lay aside the weight and the sin I don't want to control my life anymore I don't want to get myself into a mess anymore but only you can lead me through the valley only you can lead me through the storm so I surrender with my hands uplifted and with expectation that I shall receive something from the Lord oh I think you ought to lift up your voice right now in this place the ministry of miracles in this place right now how many of you need a miracle I want you to lift up a hand and wave it to the Lord not for your neighbor not for somebody else to see but I'm I'm waving it as a banner to God saying if there's a miracle I'm gonna get it if there's a healing I'm gonna get it if there's direction I'm gonna get it if there's a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost it's gonna be for me and my house if there's a miracle like pastor said Jesus thou son of David if I gotta shout louder if I gotta jump higher if I gotta clap louder if I gotta push further don't pass me by don't let the miracle pass me by come away the hand to the Lord if you need a miracle don't pass me by 
let everybody shout hallelujah. I want to read a verse of scripture. Amen. I don't even have to finish the verse of scripture if the Lord just wants to break in and disrupt our schedule and agenda. It's not an interruption. It is, it's, it's an intervention is what it is when the Lord steps in. We were singing it. This is his house. This is all about him. I'm only here because he invited me to his house. I don't have to make a way for the Lord. This is his house. He's made a way for me to be here. Oh, somebody say amen. In Acts chapter 10. I'm going to read just a couple of verses. Thank you for your prayers. Sorry I wasn't here Wednesday night. Only reason I know today is Sunday because we got church. You ever had a baby, you know that it's just you get delirious a little bit. And uh, my wife did great. Had the baby on February the 1st. And, and uh, I'm not going to tell you all his measurements. I will tell you that there was lots of screaming, lots of shouting, lots of crying. At one point, it got so bad, the doctor had to tell me to stop shouting and screaming or get out of the room. But my wife did really well. She did great. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, and then I'll read somewhere else. I, I, I just feel like reading the whole Bible. In Acts chapter 2 and 1, it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms, he gave money to the people, and he prayed to God always. Just jump down for sake of time to verse 28, and this is Peter now at the man's house, Simon Peter, the, the apostolic Pentecostal preacher on the day of Pentecost that I read last week saying repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the Holy Ghost here he is standing eight chapters later in the house of Cornelius and he says to them in verse 28 you know that is it's unlawful it's an, an unlawful thing for someone like me a Jew to be in your house to keep company with you or come into one of another nation but God has shown me that I should not call any man anyone common that word common means unholy or impure and he goes on and says or unclean verse 34 and Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth I perceive he had prophesied in Acts 2 but he didn't perceive it until Acts chapter 10 he said I perceive that God is no respecter of persons but in every nation oh there ought to be an amen right there in every nation he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted by God amen let me read a couple more verses. I'm feeling good here. Verse 43. So Peter's still preaching here, and he says to him, or to Jesus, give all the prophets witness that through his name. Somebody say his name. Now, what is that name? 
Jesus. He says, through the name of Jesus, whoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. That is water baptism in the name of Jesus. We had a couple baptized last Sunday, and if you've never been baptized for the remission or the washing away of all of your sins, we've got warm, clean, fresh water right over here. We've got baptismal robes that you can wear so you don't have to mess up your Gucci suit and your Gucci dress. We've got changing rooms, but the best part is we've got the name of Jesus that will wash away all of your sins. Oh, come on, somebody. Now watch this. This is, this is well, they're all my favorite parts. This is one of them. After he says that if you'll believe in the name of Jesus, and he's talking about baptism in the name of Jesus, he says that you will have all of your sins washed away in the name of Jesus. Verse 44, while Peter yet spoke these words, these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. I read this verse last week, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. The Jewish people were amazed, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Well, I might as well read two more verses. And Peter said, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost just like we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. I, I just feel a ministry of the miraculous in this place today. So I'm just going to speak by faith. And I want to ask you a question. Before you leave this service, what will be your testimony? I want you to turn to somebody right now and don't tell your neighbor. We always say, tell your neighbor this, but this is what I, I want you to do. I want you to turn to somebody, and you're going to speak to them, but you're going to tell them what's going to happen to you. I'm going to have a testimony today. Before you're seated, you need to tell two or three people, I'm going to have a testimony today. I didn't come to church just to have church. I came here to interact with the glorious power of my King, and I will have a testimony today. If you've got a drag out of here once they turn off the lights I'm going to have a testimony if they've got to lock the doors and pull me into the parking lot I'm going to have a testimony if I've got to run the aisles if I've got to dance if I've got to get out of my box I will I wish somebody would declare it by faith I will have a testimony today not next week not next year right now this is my day this is my hour I will have a testimony I wish you'd clap your hands with faith one more time if you feel like sitting down you can sit down for just a moment praise the name of God Woo, it feels good to be in the house today Hallelujah. I love this passage of scripture that we've read. I won't preach every point. Amen. I do feel, I told the pastor, I guess, in the text this morning, I really feel 
strongly impressed of the Lord. In fact, I told him several weeks ago that God has given me very clear direction as to what I would preach here in this church. Of course, we don't know every detail of the plan and timing of God, and so the Lord knew that there would be a postponing of the beginning of our services together as well as an incoming baby. But I still feel the burden of the Lord and the Word of God in me like fire shut up in my bones for this service. And so I've sort of toiled with it a little bit because as I've prayed and said, God, you've given me this word for New Life Austin. But at the same time as I'm praying, I just keep feeling in my spirit just an absolute breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. A harvest in my spirit. I, I feel that there is a harvest here. I, I feel that what we are about to see in the next few months, I say it by faith this year in 2022. I'll just say it by myself if I have to. But I believe that in this year of 2022 that we are going to see the greatest harvest that this church has ever seen. I believe that family members, well, I feel it right now. I believe family members you've been praying for and worrying about for years are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I believe drug addicts are going to come out of the water in the name of Jesus, having every chain of addiction broken from them. I believe that people that have tried to commit suicide, being tormented by spirits of depression and oppression, are going to come out of this water speaking in tongues, having every chain and every shackle completely destroyed having every spirit of darkness completely destroyed out of their mind and their soul I really believe that I know it and I wish that if you believe it you would at least clap your hands and just shout yes I believe it and not just do I believe it but I'm ready for it I want to see it I want to be a part of it the Holy Ghost is coming to Austin Texas like we have never witnessed him before the Holy Ghost is coming to new life like we have never seen him before like we have never experienced him before I believe there's going to be such an explosion of God's spirit I believe that anybody that dares to step foot into this church is going to be at risk of having a life altering life transformational experience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I can feel it in my spirit. And when I think about it, I, I, I go to this man, uh, this man, this Roman man, a centurion, who in Acts chapter 10, the Bible tells us that he was a Roman. He wasn't a Jewish man. He was not even allowed to, to sit in the synagogue in the temple and hear of the Old Testament prophets of how one day that there would be an outpouring of the gift of the Holy Ghost. But yet he believed in something more. He believed he must have had an interaction with somebody somewhere that caused him to believe in something. In fact, he was such a believer. First of all, in his secular life, he was a, an army captain of a hundred plus soldiers the Bible goes on and says more about him spiritually that he was devout. So that's, that's difficult to find even in Pentecostal churches today. Somebody that is devout.
Man, I feel something. Woo, okay. I was determined to preach 10 minutes today, and it's 13 and a half. So here we go. I, I, I really believe that God's not looking for the right denomination. He's looking for the devout. The Holy Ghost is not going to each church and look at the church sign and says, well, does it say First Pentecostal this or apostolic that? No, no, no. The Holy Ghost is looking for a heart of devotion, a heart of hunger. The Holy Ghost is looking for somebody that says, I may not understand everything that the Jews have been teaching for hundreds of years, but I'm devout enough to pray, to fast, to believe, to yearn for something more we're seeing it and I know that I'm not the only one seeing it I know this church has seen it and this church has had missionaries telling you about what's happening overseas and it's happening everywhere in the Muslim group in the Muslim people all sorts of people being baptized and given the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ I'll never forget the first time I saw a congregation of Muslim men and women receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost it was just 15 the first time 15 people 15 Muslim and Jewish uh, excuse me, Muslim uh, Islamic people from, uh, from Iran, the nation of Iran, 15 of them receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I remember it so vividly, not just because of the testimony that happened, but because of the education that I received during that testimony. I remember thinking, because they didn't speak my language and I was the preacher, and I've told part of this here before, but my interpreter didn't speak my language. You ever have an interpreter that doesn't speak your language? That's, that's not just a problem, that's a big problem. You got an interpreter that doesn't speak your language. That, that's a really big problem. But he spoke just enough English that I remember closing my uh, notes, turning off my iPad, and saying to God in my spirit, in my mind, I said, well, God, it's too bad. Nobody's going to receive the Holy Ghost today because I can't tell them all about it and I can't tell them everything there is to know about it and I can't tell them what it is and, and where it comes from and how you get it and how you do this and how you do that. I can't give them all the notes. And the Lord spoke to me and said, nobody receives my spirit through a step of understanding. He said, they receive it through a step of faith. I mentioned this last week. I mentioned this last Sunday, and I'm, I'm just, I, as far as I know, this is my last service, okay? I got about eight hours more of stuff in my spirit that if the Lord wills, I'll, I'll be back another time. But, but, but I just got to get as much of it out in the next 20 minutes as I can. We are in a dimension, I said last week, where God is trying to pull us from the understanding and the convenience of our knowledge. And I'm not against knowledge. I'm not against Brother Bishop Bernard is the one who told me, you go get your master's degree at Urson Graduate School. And I'm thankful for all of that. I'm not against knowledge. The Bible speaks of getting understanding. But to have an experience with the supernatural, you can't draw out an equation and an algorithm and say, now it makes sense. I can experience a miracle. You can't use an equation to get a testimony. You can only use a step of faith. And I'm standing there and I said, God, there's no way these people can receive the Holy Ghost because they don't understand it. And the Lord just, he, he just struck me with conviction and said, nobody receives my spirit through a step of understanding. They receive it through a step of faith. And so I grabbed that interpreter and I said, hey, figure out a way to tell them in their language, Farsi, to come down to the altar. That's where the testimony begins. Taking a step of faith 
Can a testimony happen in my pew? Sure, it can happen in your pew. But there's something about positioning, positioning yourself by faith. What is it? I was thinking about this just last night in prayer. And I thought, I was, I was just thinking, and I'm talking to God. And I said, God, what is it that makes it so difficult? There's such hesitation, such nervousness, fear to sit right here and to go from this to this. Watch this. Watch how this is amazing. Watch this. Keep watching. It's going to get real deep. Watch. I took about I took about 10 steps. When everybody's watching you, see it's easy when they're supposed to be watching you. you I'm the preacher. You're supposed to watch me. There ain't no nervousness now. But when they're not supposed to be looking at you, and you think, as soon as I make a move, they're going to be looking at me. And the truth is, they're really not looking at you. And the ones who are looking at you, they don't matter anyways because they got their focus on the wrong things. But you think, everybody's looking at me. Everybody's talking to me. And sometimes we, we start making a move and we get about right here. And now we got a choice. I can either go to the potty and look normal or go to the altar. See, but the testimony begins when you take a step of faith and you say, oh, my goodness, there's this flesh and this spirit battle going on. It's happening right now. Some of you have already made up your mind. I'll go and I'll sit. But that's about all I'm going to do. And I'm going to go back home. And if he said, I see it all the time, though, I will see people come in and they'll sit in the pew and it's, they'll listen to the whole. They'll worship from their pew. And as soon as I say the altars are, I don't have to say open. They just say, I'm out. <laughs> because they know if I take one step to that altar, something's going to change. Some, oh, I wish I had a witness in this place uh, that could testify with me. Uh, something happens when I call that name. Uh, something happens when I take a step of faith towards that name. Uh, when I get up out of my comfort zone and I forget about what the critics are going to say. Uh, and I forget about what it's going to feel like. Uh, and I forget about the awkwardness. Uh, and I just say, Lord, here I come. More than I need affirmation from my friends. I need a testimony from God I need a touch from God I'm ready to get rid of my uncomfortability my awkwardness my feeling inadequate I need a testimony I remember I got that I got that, that interpreter to figure out how to say, just come to the altar and lift up your hands and just begin to say, Jesus. He did it in Farsi. He said, it took them forever. Get to the altar. And they're looking at each other like this. What are we doing? We've never done this. Lifting up their hands and they just start saying, Jesus. They close their eyes and start saying, Jesus. I don't speak Farsi, but I, I do speak first time getting the Holy Ghost experience. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, this is not evangelism. This is not exaggeration. This is God's honest truth. They had their eyes cl closed. just going like this. Jesus. Jesus. They had never said that. They had said Allah. They had said other things. But now they're saying 
Jesus, 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 Jesus. And all of a sudden, they went from saying Jesus uh, to the Holy Ghost, giving the utterance and speaking in tongues. And I'll never forget as they began to open their eyes and grab their neighbor's hand, grab their friend and say, look, they were pointing out their tongue, saying, look at my tongue. Look at my tongue. I, I, in other words, they were saying, I'm saying things I've never spoken before. This is not me. God is looking for people that are devout, that are devoted, that are hungry. God is looking for somebody that says, I may not understand every step of the way. That's my pastor's job. That's my Sunday school teacher's job. That's the church's job to help me, give me some understanding. See, but I take the step of faith. Then I go to church and I have a walk with God that gives me experience and exposure and education and understanding. But it's up to me to say, here I come. A step of faith, a step of faith, a step of faith. This Roman centurion, over a hundred soldiers, he was a very influential, powerful, powerful man, but he was devout. He feared God. In fact, the Bible doesn't just say he feared God. It says everyone in his household feared God. That shows you what kind of lifestyle he had. That shows you that he didn't have a private prayer closet and just prayed and and hid God's word in his heart and didn't tell anybody else. No, that tells you that everybody in his house, everybody that came into his house, they knew this is a God-fearing man. They knew he's not a Jew, but he acts like a Jew. There's something about him that I want to be a part of. There's some of you, man, I'm just saying crazy things today, okay? But there's some of you that have that gifting of hospitality that people just want to be at your house. Anybody? Yeah, we got one right here. I know there's more. There's a few of you. I've been to your house. Man, I'm getting hungry just thinking about being at your house. You have that gifting. See, this would be a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, but here we are. We got Sunday morning, okay? And, and we're not having a move of God Wednesday, apparently. Because it's business meeting, so we got to have it right now, okay? All right? Business meeting Wednesday night, so we got to get all we can have right now. Oh, is that okay? Are we in together here? Awesome. <laughs> and there's people here that have that natural gifting that people, they just want to come and hang out. Just uninvited. They don't even knock on the door. They just walk in. My aunt is like that. I, I've never knocked on her door one time. <laughs> her husband is not like that. He don't like people coming over. And when we were kids, he would say, what in, the, what in the world? They don't even knock on the door. They just come right over. Still to this day, if I went today, I just open the door, walk right in. They just have that natural gifting. And what I'm seeing happening in churches that we're going to is that people that have just, they have this open door in their home. People just love to come to their home. They're not just feeding them chicken and dumplings anymore. They're not just feeding them chicken fried steak. They're not just feeding them tacos on Tuesday. They are feeding them the bread of life and the word of God. And people are receiving the Holy Ghost on couches and living rooms and recliners and living rooms and and breakfast tables and dining room tables uh, that while we're eating chicken and dumplings, we start talking about the goodness of God and the testimonies that have been happening in our lives and all of a sudden that person that's been coming eating at your house for several weeks, months or years starts saying tell me more about this Holy Ghost tell me more about this deliverance tell me more about this healer that you talk about and all of a sudden just a few weeks ago in, in Florida I know of a family that they have been born and raised their dad was a pastor of a church they've never prayed one through person through to the 
the gift of the Holy Ghost. I was there just a few weeks ago and they were in the altar. They were crying because they said, we had people at our house several times a week and we've never prayed one of them through to the Holy Ghost. But the Lord prophesied to them and said, get ready because I'm not just bringing people to your house to eat from your table. I'm bringing people to your house that you can introduce to my presence, that you can lay your hands on them and see them baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, 25 minutes. I got to hurry. I remember I remember being in Wisconsin just a few months ago. Is this okay? Are y'all bored yet? I remember I was, I was in Wisconsin just a, a few months ago, and, and I had to preach Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two on Sunday. And I'm telling you, I got friends at this church, and if they're listening to this, they know the truth. So it's not disparaging to them. It was just one of those weeks. It was dead as all get out. I mean, I, I preached my guts out. They didn't move. I went up with a few jokes. They didn't laugh. In fact, at one point, I said, man, you are such a tough crowd. You don't even laugh at my jokes. And someone hollers out and said, well, tell something funny and we'll laugh. I think they eat too many cheese curds over there. They're all just one big cheese curd church. I thought, what in God's name am I supposed to do in this place? You know, we could not break through Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I remember... I remember on, I think it was, it was the Friday night service. There's probably like 500 people there. And sitting to my right, kind of towards the back, was this young, skinny, like six foot five teenager that, that, well, just to be honest with you, I thought maybe his elevator doesn't go all the way up. Because out of all these dead cheese curds, he's sitting on the edge of his pew. Literally the whole time I'm preaching, he's just sitting like this, staring at me like this. I thought, man, and I thought I'm going to preach to him because at least he's, he looks attentive, you know. He looks entertained. So we end the service, and I'm like kicking myself. My goodness, I'm a terrible preacher, you know. And I go sit down. They had the seats up here on the platform. And I go sit down, and here comes this tall, lanky, looks like a giraffe. He comes running up on the platform, kind of goofy kid. And he runs up to me. He didn't know the rules. You know, not supposed to come up on the platform, you know. And he comes right up and he says, hey, Brother Green. I was like, oh, man. Hey, what's up? He said, my name's Dylan. I got to talk to you. He said, man, I'm 17 years old. He said, this is my first time in a church like this. He said, I've never felt anything like this before. He said, I usually, my, I, if I have to go to church, I just sit in the back and I don't do nothing. I just sit there. He said, but I couldn't sit back in my seat. He said, while you were preaching, he said, I could feel something I've never felt before. I thought, man, you were the only one. I said, sit down. So I said, tell me your story, you know. He starts telling me his story. He says, he says well, yeah, you know, I'm 17. I said, what about your mom and dad? He said, oh, they've been divorced for many years. My dad's very abusive and alcoholic. He said, he's abused my mother and I. My mom left town. I don't even know where she is. He said, he said I still live with my dad. I said, you do? I said, is he still abusive? He said, oh, yeah. He said, I probably won't even go home tonight. He said, I don't go home most nights. I said, where do you go? He said, well, I got a little blanket or sleeping bag. He said, I'll just sleep out on the football field. Sometimes I'll find a little place. 
And I was like, you're, you're homeless? He's like, well, I'm not homeless, but I don't really go home because my dad will come in most nights drunk and he'll abuse me. He said, so I just stay away. You know, I sleep, finds a place outside the school in the parking lot. He said, I just sleep out there. I'm thinking, what? I said, man, I'm so sorry. He said, but he said, that's okay. He said, I feel so much joy right now. He said, I've never felt this before. Well, he went home that night. He came back the next day on Saturday. And he, he didn't receive the Holy Ghost. He wasn't baptized on Friday night, but he went home. He had an experience with God. He comes back on Saturday. We had church, and there he is, sitting about two rows closer, and he's just sitting there just. <laughs> he comes up to the altar. The Lord touches him. He doesn't receive the Holy Ghost yet, but he comes up to me. He said, hey, Brother Green. He said, I went home last night. My dad walked in through the, the front door, took one look at me and said, what happened to you? <laughs> he said, well, I went to church and I experienced the spirit of God. He hadn't received the Holy Ghost, but he just experienced a touch of it. And his dad, who had abused him for years, took one look at him and said, what happened to you? So we finished that service, and then they had like a bonfire and marshmallows and kickball. And I said, man, I'm going to play me some kickball. These kids haven't been responding. I'm going to kick this ball right in their face. <laughs> Knock some heads off. <laughs> I was. <laughs> and so we were on defense first. We get, you know, I was like, hit me the ball. Kick me the ball. I'm not going to tag you. <laughs> I'm going to launch this ball at your face until you respond in the altar. We go up to hit. We're on offense, and, and I'm just waiting my turn, you know. Okay, don't get out. Don't get out. Come on. I just got a kick. I'm a, I got a kick, you know. And right as it's my turn, the youth pastor comes in, comes out of the church, and he runs up to me. He says, hey, Chris. He says, uh, you can stay here, but I'm just letting you know Dylan wants to get baptized right now. We're going to go baptize him. I said, what? He's like, yeah, you can go ahead and kick and play kickball, but we're going to go baptize Dylan. I was like, man, forget this. Let's go, let's go get him baptized. So we walk in the church, and he's telling me Dylan's in the back getting changed. I said, what happened? He said, well, Dylan is just so, he's, he's so beside himself with excitement. He keeps saying, I've never experienced this, but I want more. I want more. I want more. So I sat down with him, and he said, the youth pastor said, I sat down with him, told him how you can have more. You can be baptized, and you can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you don't just have to feel it on the outside, but you can have them on the inside. And all of your sins and guilt and shame can be washed away from you. He said, can I have that right now? He said, sure, we can, we can do it right now. They called his dad, you know, because he's a minor and said, do you mind if we baptize your son? He said, of course, go ahead. That's fine. You can baptize him. And so we got him into the baptistry and we baptized him. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. This six foot five tall lanky kid. He comes out of the water. And I'm telling you, he starts laughing so loud. He literally comes out of the water and he's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he like comes to himself and realizes what he's doing in front of all these people and he stops and he opens his eyes and he says i'm so sorry 
I said, what are you sorry for? He said, I know this is like a really solemn moment and I'm supposed to be respectful. I didn't even realize I was doing that. He said, I just couldn't help it. He said, but when I came out of the water, he said, I felt the weight of my guilt and shame lift off of me. I felt everything I've ever done lifted off of me. He said, I just feel like laughing with joy and excitement. Oh, there is a joy that is unspeakable when you get a testimony in the presence of God. (laughs) I remember he just did that for several minutes. He went back to laughing. We said, don't worry about it. He kept laughing. And we didn't know. Was that speaking in tongues? I said, I think it is. But, you know, I'm really not sure because that was pretty crazy. I said, that might have been the spirit given the utterance right there. But I'm really not sure. And I said, Dylan, I said, you come to church tomorrow. We're going to know for sure. And he wasn't able to get to Sunday morning service for whatever reason. I was looking for that kid, you know, sitting like this. Didn't see him. And so Sunday night, I'm praying, God, let Dylan come. What do we got to do? Reach out to him. Get him here. He was there. This time he was sitting on the second row. And I had just read my text and I just started preaching. And I look and Dylan, there he is sitting on the edge of his seat. You know what he was doing? He's like this. I didn't preach my sermon. I know you wish I'd do that here once in a while. I didn't preach my sermon. I just said, Dylan, get down here right now. I took him by the hand. I said, stand right here. I went up about three flights of stairs so I could put my hand on his head. And I said, in the name of Jesus, receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. And right there, Dylan began to speak with other tongues. Ah, is there a witness in this house that has a testimony like Dylan that says I was abandoned, I was abused, I was ostracized, I was marginalized, I was mistreated, but when I came into the household of faith, something got a hold of me, something began to move on me. When people don't treat me right, God filled me with love. When people won't be my friend, God God will be my father. God turned my life around. I feel like Paul's in right now and somebody just needs to lift up your hands. Somebody is being ministered to by the presence of the Lord right now. Somebody in this place that's desperate for a testimony, that's desperate for a touch, that's desperate for a move of God. There is a testimony in the spirit of the Lord with your name on it. Marcel, I see you over here. You wouldn't have gotten the gift of the Holy Ghost last week if you hadn't taken your step of faith, hadn't you? Am I right? Marcel took a step of faith last week. Woo! He's another one of these tall guys. I don't know what it is about the Lord's given me a ministry to the six foot five, probably to humble me. 
But it was just in November, right before Thanksgiving, I was at Brother Brian Kinsey's church in Pensacola, and we had church Wednesday and Sunday. And on that Wednesday night, there was a tall six foot four or five, or he was real tall, and he was middle aged man. He was there at the church for the first time. He wouldn't come to the altar. He just sat there. Now he was real stiff too, and he wouldn't move. He wouldn't clap his hands. He wouldn't worship. He wouldn't respond. And then I found out partially why he's so stiff on Sunday. He had fallen not many, not many years ago. He had fallen over 65 feet to the ground. He's had, he said, I've had 62 surgeries just on my right arm alone. He said, my whole body is filled with titanium. That's partially why he's so stiff. But he wouldn't respond because he had never experienced this before. And he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to respond to it. But I remember on that Sunday morning he came. And he's standing over here. And I didn't know any of the details of this man. I didn't know about his fall. I didn't know about the surgeries or the titanium that filled his body. But he, I remember just seeing him. And he kind of walked up like this just real stiff. And he stood just right here. And I wasn't even over there. I was standing right over here. And all of a sudden there's a shout of praise that goes on over here. And this man begins to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and when he did he started moving like this and he started moving his legs like this and moving his arms like this and I didn't understand the testimony because I didn't know the details uh, until I walked over there uh, and they said this man just several months ago uh, or actually it had been a couple years ago he had fallen over 65 feet uh, they thought he would be dead uh, they thought they would have to amputate one of his legs one of his arms uh, he's full of titanium uh, he's full of pain uh, he's full of stress in his life but he said but when God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost he said all the pain that I've had for over two years instantly left my body instantly left my back instantly left my knees and my legs and my arms and God freed him up to begin to praise and worship okay I remember a young girl I might have told this a, a young girl named Morgan 23 years old she stood about right here at the altar and I remember walking over to her praying for her and I just felt a burden of the Lord that God had something very specific I felt the same thing that I feel right now in my spirit that there was a miracle for her in that service I, I didn't know her I didn't know anything about her but I remember looking at her and I said what's your name she said Morgan how old are you I'm 23 I said there's a miracle for you today what's the miracle that you need and she said well I do need a miracle she said the doctors have given me six weeks to live I've got a tumor in my brain right here and and she said I need someone to pray for it and I said I'm not going to pray for it I said the Bible says that it pleases God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe I said I'm, I've never done this before but I'm going to preach to your tumor I'm going to preach for that thing to leave I'm not going to preach my sermon I'm going to preach the name of Jesus for just a moment I laid my hand on her head and I said in the name of Jesus uh, there is power in the name of Jesus uh, there is healing in the name of Jesus uh, and by the name of Jesus uh, you are healed now you think wow you have a lot of faith this is how much faith I had all of a sudden Morgan opened her eyes and looked at me and said two words it's gone and I said two words back to her what's gone that's exactly what I said that's how little faith I had I had just enough faith to begin to speak the word of faith. I didn't have enough faith to really believe it was going to happen. But I have enough faith, had enough faith to try. That's all I had. I'm sorry for being honest. I'm sorry if I let you down. But I had just enough faith to say let's do it. Let's see what God can do. I had just enough faith to step out by faith. 
And I remember when she said, it's gone. I literally responded and said, what's gone? She said, the tumor. Then my faith said, my lack of faith said, how do you know? She said, because when you began to speak, there's power in the name of Jesus. She said, I felt the pressure that's been here on my head for months. I felt it disappear. It went away instantly. It's gone. I said, then you need to go to your oncologist and have them do a CAT scan or whatever they need to do. And I want you to verify it to give greater glory and testimony to God. It was the next morning. I thought I'd never hear from her again. It was the next morning. She messaged my wife on Facebook and said, here's the the CAT scan here's the MRI here's where the tumor was and just 12 hours later it's not there anymore it's gone it's gone it's gone it's gone it's gone I feel the ministry of miracles about to take place in this service. I feel the ministry of miracles about to be released in this service. Some of you have been carrying a weight for long enough. God said, I'm about to blow a wind of the miraculous into your valley, into your situation. I'm about to blow the wind of my spirit into your family, into your marriage. There is a ministry. I want you to lift your hands and just seek him for a moment. There is a ministry of the miraculous in this place right now. Go ahead, lift up your voice right now. All ye people, lift up your voice. Somebody needs to just tap into a, a travailing spirit for just a moment. There's some prayer warriors in this room that can go deep in an instant in prayer. I'm asking you to do that right now. The oil is about to flow. We're about to strike. We're deep cries unto deep. Deep calleth unto deep. We're about to strike that deep oil that flows. That flows. That flows. Destroying every yoke of bondage. Breaking every chain of sickness. Come on, we need to press just a little bit more. We need to press just a little bit more. I want you to forget about the time. I want you to forget about limitations. I want you to forget about everything else and set your mind on a testimony right now. The Bible says that we have overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Some of you are going to walk out of this place an overcomer because of the word of your testimony that God will give you in this service if you will just believe and take a step of faith hallelujah Jesus 
Lord, we're just lingering in your presence for a moment uh, because this is where the miraculous takes place. Uh, this is where the miraculous takes place. Uh, it's when everybody else leaves and there's just a few that says, God, I will tarry uh, until Pentecost. Uh, I will linger uh, until you move. Uh, I will press in uh, until I experience your glory. Uh, I will press in uh, until I see your glory. Uh, I will press in uh, until I feel your presence. God, I will linger in your spirit. This is what I want to show you real quick. I had to underline this because this is really where the Lord wanted to speak a word to somebody in this service tried to do my best as I could in a short amount of time but in Acts chapter 10 if you'll put it up in verse 34 this is really what the Lord wanted me to say to you there's a rhema word a right now word a ministering word right here for somebody Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth he said it is the truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons but in every nation those that fear him those that work righteousness <laughs> is accepted with him in a modern translation it just simply says in every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right doesn't mean that you're just righteous, everything about you. You're righteous. It means you're doing what is right. Maybe everything up until this moment, you've done what is wrong. But in this moment, you're saying, I'm going to do what's right. And take one step of faith. I've taken a million steps of carnality, immorality, sin. But I'm going to take one step in the right direction. It says, he is no respecter of persons. I wish I had time I'd preach a sermon called the God who doesn't care <laughs> we preach and sing and believe enough about the God who cares but there is a place where God says I don't care See, God looks at your past and says I don't care where you've been I care where you are and I care where you're going I don't care who you used to be. I care who you are right now. There's a place where God says, I don't care about that. You know who cares? Satan cares about your past. But Peter said, God is no respecter of persons. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I care about this moment. And I want you to take one step in the right direction. A step of faith. If you need a healing in your body and see, man, God help me. I'm sorry, Pastor. You, uh, I've taken too long. I wish I was, wish I could do this in a shorter amount of time. I'm just trying to follow the Holy Ghost as best as I can. I don't want to try to take advantage of your, your schedules, but I'm trying to follow the Holy Ghost. Jesus. There is a spirit of fear. 
the Lord wills, I'll talk about it another time, but there is a spirit of fear that's trying to infiltrate your mind. <sighs> because the spirit of fear knows if I can get in their mind, I can keep them out of the presence of God. In James 5 and 16, it says, confess your faults one to another. Watch this. And pray for one another that you what may be healed. Would you pray with me as I pray with you? Lay your hand on me and I'll pray. See, it says, confess your faults one to another and pray with one another that you may be healed. There's something about this link, this connection right here. When I say, hey, and it's not when it says faults, it's not just your failures, your mistakes, your sins. It's also your infirmities, your sicknesses, because it speaks of healing. Hey, uh, man, my knees hurting, man. I've had this surgery. My back's messed up. And man, I've got this sickness. And see, but the spirit of fear in the last couple of years has tried to keep us away from James 5, 16. Don't tell anyone that you've coughed. Don't tell anyone that you have a sniffle. Don't tell anyone that you've got a headache. Because you're, you're tagged. See, Satan knows the word of God. He knows if I can keep them from praying for one another. Watch. The spirit of fear doesn't care what you're afraid of as long as you're afraid of something. So the spirit of fear says, okay, if you're not afraid of Satan, I'll make you afraid of each other. Because if I can divide the body from telling one another, I need you to pray for me and I need you to lay hands on me. I can keep them from the gifts of the Spirit, the miracle working God. I can keep them from the miraculous touch that they need in their lives. The spirit of fear has tried to divide us and say, no, 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 no. Don't go pray for that person. They might, they might be suffering. I'm not trying to belittle anybody's thoughts. But the spirit of fear is trying to infiltrate the church. In the ministry of laying upon of hands, speaking the word of faith to somebody, saying, I prophesy healing in your body. There are people, my God, there are people, I feel a word of knowledge right now. There are people in this church right now, you're not lost, backslidden, going to hell, but your ministry has been silenced because of a spirit of fear. Your ministry where you could walk up to somebody. You could walk up to them with the word of prophecy and the laying upon of hands and the, the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. And now all of a sudden it's silenced because the spirit of fear says, well, I don't know if I can go to them. I don't know what, what they believe. I don't know their position. I don't know their perspective. I don't know. But we're going to break that today. And we're going to pray with each other today. And we're going to have a working of miracles take place in this altar call today. If you believe that, say, I believe it in the name of Jesus. If you have a need in your body, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's disease, if it's virus, if it's pain, if it's diabetes. I don't care what it is. But if you have something that's urgent and you need the Lord to give you a miracle and a testimony of healing today. I want you to confess that fault, that need, that sickness, that pain right now. By lifting up your hand as high as you can with faith. There is no doubt there is no hesitation in this room. Every spirit of fear has been bound and is released from this place. And we are responding by faith today. 
There's probably 90 plus percent of the hands in this place that are up right now. There is a need of healing and my God is going to do it today. My God is going to meet your need today. There will be a ministry of miracles happen today. Somebody just shout yes. Hallelujah. May put your hands down for a moment. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God, being filled with His Spirit, and you know this because there is an evidence of speaking with other tongues. If you've never had this before in your life, I want you to just express that need by lifting your hand right now. There's one right here. There's two right here. There's a hand up here. Three, four over here. Keep your hand up. Five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Anybody else over here? Anybody else over here? Okay. We've got more over here that I might have missed. Anybody else? Would you raise a hand? Amen. There's one over here that I missed. So eleven or twelve people. I wonder if right here in front of this altar where there's glass and right here in front of this area if you take two steps back in fact you can go to the sides over here and get real close to the altar but i want you to just maybe spread out right here and leave plenty of space in the middle amen if you just raised your hand would you raise it again saying i've never been filled there was 11 or 12 people saying i've never been filled with the holy ghost there's a couple right here there's anybody would you keep your hand up please just real quick where'd the hands go i can't see you see this is where we're about to take a step of faith three four five six keep it up keep it up seven eight there was a couple over here somewhere amen i want to ask those whose hands are raised so that we can pray with you right now i've made a space right here and i want our church our folk here our church people our apostolic people i wonder if you'd invite them here to this altar right here and i want you to come and stand right here shoulder to shoulder and if you'd come brother miller would you come and stand up at the front and you help them where they need to be you come and stand in front of them in front of them and you just line them up just leave a little space between you and this altar right here leave a little space between you and the altar thank you so much for coming You've taken a step of faith. And because of your step of faith, you're going to receive a testimony today. You're going to receive a testimony before you walk out of this service saying, all I did, all I did was take a step towards God and God went the rest of the way. All I did was take one step in the right direction. I didn't get rid of everything. I didn't make everything right. I didn't clean up everything. I, I didn't apologize to everybody I've ever wronged. I took a step towards God and God came the rest of the way towards me. Amen. At this altar, I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Are you one? Seven, eight, nine, maybe ten. Are you one? You okay? We have nine. We have nine people. I wonder if we can have. We need one, two, three, four, five. I wonder if we can have four or five men come and join us. Some leaders in this church, you know who you are, and some apostolic ladies. We need at least four ladies to come and stand with these ladies right here in front of them. If you'd come very quickly, Amen. 
Amen, amen, amen. If you raised your hand saying, I need a healing in my body, I'm going to give you about 30 seconds starting right now to take a step of faith to this altar. I want you to take a step of faith towards God right now. You may have taken that step many times before, but I want you to make up your mind. Faith goes beyond my understanding. My understanding says I've done it before and I haven't received it yet, but faith says I can receive it today. Faith says I will keep praying. Faith says I will keep believing faith says I will receive my testimony today hallelujah I feel such a ministering spirit of the Lord in this place now we're going to pray in just a moment I want everybody to stop praying put your hands down and just listen for a second ladies would you just hold on for a minute there's already a spirit of prayer and worship in this place but we're going to do it together we're going to do it together if you need an urgent healing in your body, we had 90, at least 90% of the people in this congregation lift their hands. So if you have an urgent need of healing in your body, I want you to lift just one hand real quick. You lift a hand. Don't pray yet, just lift a hand. And I want you to look around you because we're just going to turn this whole sanctuary into an altar call. And everybody in this sanctuary that's filled with the Holy Ghost baptized in the name of Jesus, you're going to be the altar workers. We don't, have, we don't have another 30 minutes to line everybody up, sit everybody down, get them all structured and organized. We're just going to have a move of God in this place. We sang the song before I came up, Spirit Break Out. Spirit Break Out. Spirit Break Out. We say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here in this place. He doesn't have to just confine himself right here. He's going to move all over this sanctuary. Keep a hand up. If it gets tired, raise the other hand. But I want to unleash in just a moment everybody that's full of the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. When we pray the prayer of faith, you're going to turn around, even if you're someone that needs that healing, and you're going to lay your hand on a brother or a sister's head and pray the prayer of faith. Hold on just a second. Listen, we're going to release this prayer together. You may feel something now, but you're going to feel it a hundred times more when we do it together. When we do it together. Amen. I want everybody to stop and just listen. Those of you that need healing in your body, your hand is raised. I want those of you who are seeking the Holy Ghost, you're already doing it, some of you. I want you to just lift your hands. Don't pray yet. Just lift your hands. Would you just lift your hands up as a sign of surrender? That's it. Lift them up as high as you can. Both of your hands. Help them out, altar workers. They may need you to help them. Don't pray yet. We're going to release the prayer of faith together. In Jesus' name. When I say in Jesus' name, if you feel to turn around and pray for someone else, you're going to go without hesitation, without fear. You're not going to just cry, but you're going to turn around and you're going to lay your hand on their head and you're going to speak the words of faith saying you are healed in the name of Jesus. Now, everybody, just listen. Your hands are lifted. What I want you to do for a moment, I want you just to close your eyes. Everybody in this room, just close your eyes. And I would, what I want you to do for just a second, I want you to envision this testimony that God is about to give you. For 9, 10, 11 of you, you're about to receive a testimony of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. 
for hundreds of us in this place we're going to receive a testimony I said hundreds of us it's not just going to be two or three but hundreds of us are going to receive a testimony of I was instantly healed I receive a miraculous touch of healing in my body the pain left the sickness left it's gone as soon as that person laid their hand on me I felt a relief begin to move throughout my body get ready your eyes are closed your hands are lifted when I say in the name of Jesus what I want you to do is begin to lift up your voice as loud as you can with a spirit of praise and worship unto God a spirit of praise and worship unto God if you want to shout hallelujah you can shout it hallelujah if you want to shout thank you Jesus whatever you shout I just want it to be praise and worship your hands are lifted your eyes are closed get ready God is about to pour out his spirit in this place by the authority of the word of God and by the power of your holy name I release the gift of the Holy Ghost the working of miracles the gift of faith and the gifts of healing in this place receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus would you lift up your voice right now and would you shout unto God with a voice of triumph This is where you turn around and lay your hand on your brother, on your sister. Step out of your aisle. Step out of your pew. Step out of your section. Step out of your comfort and lay your hand on your brother, on your sister right now. Right now. Now. Release your faith. Release the power of the Holy Ghost. Release the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, men of God. Step across your comfort zone and lay your hand on somebody. Step out of your pew. Step out of your aisle and lay your hand on a brother. That's it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lay your hand on a sister. Come on, women of God. Come on, women of God. Lay your hand on somebody and speak the word of faith. That's it. Find somebody. Find somebody. I want you to move to somebody. Find somebody to pray for. Find somebody to pray for. Find somebody to speak life into. Find somebody to prophesy healing. Find somebody to pray with. Come on, link up with somebody. Pray with one another that you may be healed in the name of Jesus. Step out of the shadow. Step out of the grave. Break into the wild and go free. 